sometimes if you only focus on the major problem you can't identify ai use cases to identify or to uncover the need of ai use case is to break down the problem into sub problems and then to each sub problem you attach an analytical step and if you now see from other side okay analytical steps then sub problems then it connects to your bigger vision of the company welcome to the unleashing ai podcast hosted by Pavel Fakanov. Join us as we speak with industry experts and explore the wonders of innovative, custom-built AI and how it can help grow your business, whilst also delving into the latest developments in the fields of machine learning and artificial intelligence. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome to the Unleashing AI podcast. I'm your host, Pavel Fakanov. Joining me today is Kumar Ishverish, currently the product manager and the lead for AI, machine learning, data science, and analytics at Intel. And data scientist who actually turned product manager and is a really influential figure in the field of artificial intelligence and machine learning. Kumar, welcome to the podcast. Really excited about having you today. Yeah, same here. I'm also excited to talk to the audience about AI. Amazing. Can you just briefly introduce yourself Tell us, how did you start in the AI space? What you're doing in the AI space right now? So back in 2015, I started at a top MNC firm as a junior research engineer. There I was doing some initial level of projects, POC developments in the field of AI. And then I moved to AI consulting. There I worked with large banks, fintech companies. And then I moved to another big consulting firm and there also my role was mainly to discover AI use cases. Like a lot of uh, business operations were going on, a lot of things were going on without AI. And my job was to spot AI use cases, introduce some cool factor in that. Then I moved to one of the big three strategic consulting firm and there I was analytics consultant. There also my role was to solve business problems using AI. That was the main focus area there. And there I also started AI product management, developed some products which were the mirror of ongoing popular AI use cases. We utilized those projects to generate needs for our team. Then I moved to the current form, which is also one of the leading semiconductor forms. And here I started off as AI product manager, where I was managing an AI product. And uh, that product was Deep Learning Inference Accelerator. And then currently within the organization, I moved to another role where uh, making the business operations better using AI technologies, data analytics. So this is my journey. Started as a junior researcher, then uh, started consulting, then some uh, spotting AI use cases and just making the work bigger in terms of scope and impact and then uh, owning an AI product, and then now improving business operations. So I would say like I'm a combination of uh, data scientist plus AI guy. Really interesting background. First question I have, what actually motivated you to transition from consulting to applying AI in business operations? I suppose that experience that you got should be like super helpful because when you actually can identify business problems and the way to apply AI, it becomes super valuable for other businesses, but just super interested in that motivation for you. 
Yeah, I see a lot of similarity because uh, when I was a consultant, I was not a plain consultant. I was analytics consultant, data science consultant. So there, my main job was to partner with another plain consultant. Plain consultant, at which they are expert of business. If they know finance, they know finance very well. And I was the guy who used to bring AI technologies into the picture in the problem solving process. There also, I was solving business problems for a client. Now here, I'm doing for a product company. So that's the difference. Makes sense. Considering your current experience in applying AI to business operations, I would love to understand why is it actually crucial for businesses, or maybe it's not, to apply AI to their business operations in the current landscape? Yeah. See, business operations means what? A business is going on, right? Operations are on. Everything is in place. Now, this is an era of intelligent products, correct? In the flow of the operation, if there are some portions where intellect is required, then we can replace that decision-making with some AI unit, I would say. The first thing, the business operations becomes more efficient, also becomes faster, and it also gives you room for a lot of intelligent automation. You can intelligently automate business operations. Also, you can improve your business operations fairly quickly, I would say. So that is the main reason I say. And why only business operations? If I talk about products, right? Any operation which is going on or any kind of work in a project that is being done without AI, let's try AI use data to make informed decisions and improve the whole operation and better user experience. So that's like everything works in conjunction, like one thing is connected to another and all those and it makes a better machine. Okay, to make it a little bit more practical, can you just consider a couple of examples from your professional experience, how exactly you can apply AI to improve business operations? A very typical example would be, and that I have used to some extent in my past projects as well, a recommender system. When we browse through any social media website or even e-commerce website, we get a lot of recommendation. Initially, those recommendations when Amazon or Flipkart started 10 years back, right? That was not that mature. Nowadays, while you are watching YouTube videos or uh, watching Netflix, or doing shopping on e-commerce websites. A lot of things are driven by recommender system that they use behind. This leads to more personalized experience and user, they connect with the app in a more sticky manner, less churn rate. The recommender system would be a very good example where that has given uptick on the business because when a person is browsing on e-commerce website, a recommender system can help them decide quickly and also it can help in upselling, cross-selling. Another example that I can think of would be more of the way we collect the data of users. If we have uh, an engine set up to collect the data and analyze what is going wrong and what is going right, then the modifications in the product or in the business operations will be more data-driven. And by following that way, we can hit the card with the customer so quick so data analysis, mainly the user analytics, customer data analytics, those are very important part of any business operations or product. 
makes sense. Really good examples, but let's think about a typical business. Like not every business obviously can apply a recommender system. I can say that almost every business right now, digital business collects users' data in some way, but can we just think a little bit about the playbook for a business to identify how they actually can apply AI in their business operations? how they can approach this specific problem, because again, they cannot just start using recommender systems, like not every business obviously needs a recommender system. Not every business actually needs to collect the data from their users. Yeah, you're right. Then I would suggest a very good framework that any business can use. Initially, we should identify the business problems, okay? And break down the business problems into sub-problems. And this breakdown should happen in a way that once you solve all the sub-problems, automatically your main business problem should be solved. Now, you have a big business problem that any business operation can identify, right? They have list of pain points always. They can take a major problem, break down into sub-problems, then connect each sub-problem with some analytical step that could be as simple as data collection, getting insights out of data, or improving the way that sub-problem can be solved. So then now we have business problem, many sub-problems, each sub-problem connected to each analytical or data science AI ML steps. Now those analytical problems are also designed in a way that once you solve all analytical problems, then all your business sub-problems should be solved. This is for identification of the approach. Now, if they want to introduce any AI solution in their current business, they should start slow. They should not throw all the current ongoing things and bring in AI. They should start slow. So for that, we suggest a term called AI value targeting. In AI value targeting, what happens? You have current as is process, okay, that doesn't have any AI, ML or any analytics. Then you try to solve the same problem using AI and then compare the value that AI is bringing in. There are some additional cost also that comes along with AI, like maintenance, training your employees to be able to execute and maintain the solution. So those things we see. And in AI value targeting, we generally recommend to work on smaller data set, not so big. Take a clean data set, build an initial model. And when, if you get a good projection out of the result, initial experiment, then we can make it live in the production and that too we can do in phased manner and that is where there are a lot of metrics to measure this right eb metrics and eb testing so there you can see like which method is clicking more with your current business operations or project makes sense the first step that you mentioned about actually identifying these business problems is one of the most important ones because obviously like every business has a lot of problems and once you understand this is my main business problem, and that's how I can use AI to solve this specific sub-problem, you can end up with a list of thousands or hundreds of different sub-problems, which can be really challenging for a business, obviously. And in this case, I think it's really crucial to actually identify what is your long-term strategy and what are your short-term objectives for your business. So you're not just trying to solve any business problem you have at the moment, but you first understand what's my business strategy for three or five years. Where do I want to get as a business? And after that, you create your AI vision. And based on a list of problems, based on your short-term objectives, you actually identify a list of problems that 
makes sense solving right now. And you actually brought up a really interesting topic about measuring ROI of AI solutions. It's a really tricky question, I would say, because it's not really obvious how to approach that specific problem. As you mentioned, you have to spend money on training you in place. Sometimes you have to spend money on building the entire AI department. AI solutions obviously have ongoing costs. Because of that, it becomes quite tricky to understand, okay, what's the ROI? Okay, I have spent hundreds or millions of dollars on implementing that AI solution, but what's the ROI? It's not super clear all the time. Yeah. Right. Just to add here, why I said breaking the major business problem into sub-problems, sometimes if you only focus on the major problem, you can't identify AI use cases. To identify or to uncover the need of AI use case is to break down the problem into sub-problems and then to each sub-problem you attach analytical step. And if you now see from other side, okay, analytical steps, then sub-problems, then it connects to your bigger vision of the company, right? And that is how all things are tied up. That happens a lot and this is a part of hit and trial and all those stuff. Yeah. I also would love to talk a little bit more about that specific step. You have your business strategy and after that, you need to create a list of potential AI use cases. In case you can share like some challenges that can happen or some kind of tips you have for that specific process, I think it would be super helpful. Yeah. If I take example of text summarization, right? Sometimes if you look at the output, it used to happen in back in 70s as well, right? There were extractive summarization algorithms because what is output? Output is just a summary of a large text. That is the output and sometimes it is very difficult to measure the quality of output because to some of the stakeholders who are not technical, who are non-AI guys, right? For them, it is just an output. Or if I take example of any prediction algorithm, right? They can do the same sort of thing using rule-based approach. If they have to classify an object or a file into one of the categories, they can do some rule-based approach. But sometimes the process is same. It used to happen in 78 also. Now we are using abstractive summarization. It becomes very difficult to make other people understand, the business stakeholders understand. This is what the value this solution is bringing in. Plus, the other challenge is uh, making business stakeholders aware of the challenges that each AI solution has. And it has multiplicative effect. If you have a solution that has multiple models, in first set, a document comes, you classify the documents. That is a classification algorithm that is in the play. Based on the output of that classification model, you choose a specific text summarization model. If your output of first classification model is finance, then you call the finance text summarization model. If you do a mistake in first step and then second step, then things get multiplied. So it's always better to make people aware of the challenges. And that is why in starting, I said, like, let's start slow because it is an experiment, right? Do any experiments with a group of users. And then you have another group of users where you test your AI solution and then see the value they are bringing in. And the value should be more in the form of some quantifiable metric you need to decide. Okay, okay, if I use this, then satisfaction level or the average rating of my product is going up. 
or if I do this, if I implement this recommendation system, then average sales per user is improving. That kind of metric, if you have, then it becomes quantifiable. Makes sense. I probably would even mention a broader problem here. So what you mentioned, executive team sometimes doesn't really understand that effect from using multiple AI models can multiply. I would say here you even can say just educating your executive team how AI actually works, like what different steps you have involved in the process. Because for example, you need to implement AI solution at huge enterprise company. And before obviously implementing any AI solution, you need to set up AI culture, you need to set up data infrastructure, and they don't have any of that. And it would be really difficult to explain to them that you actually need to stop data infrastructure first in case they don't understand what are the steps to implement AI. So we can mention educating executive team about the way AI works, about possible AI use cases, about the right way to estimate ROI from using AI solutions, as you mentioned, about the right way to assess how AI solutions are actually working. For example, that you need to multiply mistakes from the usage of multiple models. Yeah, so this is a tricky part, but we should be very informed about this fact that, okay, not all the people in a conference room would be understanding the value, but the best approach is to understand what they understand well. If they understand numbers well, then it is good. And most of the times, their feedbacks are very valuable to any AI solution because they understand the business operations, right? And one more thing I want to highlight here is the secret sauce behind any successful AI solution is a good business understanding because our brain is the best AI model. Without AI, how a person is doing that task? I take an example of claim approval, okay? A lot of claim requests comes to my insurance department. And as an agent, I go and check all the entries in a form. And then I use my brain, my historical learning. And then I give my final decision whether a claim is rejected or accepted. So there, if we understand the business process well, at what step and how a person decides by looking at the entries in the form, that will be a good input for your machine learning model, right? which features you should use or while deciding a human is using a two-step method, right? Then we can think of implementing two models. First, to just eradicate the fraud submissions and then focus on genuine submissions, something like that, like a fraud detection model, then a classification model, something like that. And also, when you tune your model, it's always good to talk to business operations the business stakeholders to understand where the risk is. And if you be upfront and say like 30% of the time, it might be incorrect, then how to handle it. And then in that case, the expert of the business would have a better answer. Makes sense. It's a really good point. And I think many engineers actually miss that crucial component of understanding how the process actually works before optimizing it. And one more example I can add here is just about the kind of features that make sense using for that specific problem. Because once you understand how a human actually approaches that specific business problem, what kind of inputs they actually take to provide the output, you also understand, okay, in case I need to automate that process, that's the kind of features I will need anyway. Because without these features, 
even a human will not be able to complete that specific task. Okay, amazing. One of the last questions I have on my side is about, in case you need to, let's say, give one piece of advice to businesses that are looking to implement AI in their operations right now, what would it be? Yeah, they should not be extremist. What I mean by saying extremist is I encountered two types of people. One, they are too much fascinated by AI. They think like once they implement AI, everything will be magical. And the second thing would be the people who don't want to implement AI. They are completely in the other party. So that is why it's better to experiment. Instead of a hard cemented mind, we should approach any business problem with sponge mind where we can give a room to experiment, try out the solution. Don't invest in one go. Invest in phased manner. Suppose if you have 10 business operations, pick up a business operations where you see an AI can be super effective. You have to prioritize because in a business operations, there are many units, right? One is for task A, one is for task B. Pick up a unit or a subunit, implement it, see its effect, positive effect, and then you implement it gradually and make it automated. And why we suggest implementing it in phase one, then you also get an idea, right? What is the maintenance cost, infrastructure cost? Once you implement at one place, then you can estimate in a better way. Like if I go on and implement it in all my operations, what would be the cost? and how frequently I need to manage the model because every model has a shelf life. Or if you want to introduce some continuous learning that you can do. And one more last advice, and this is very typical to engineers, okay? Engineering companies, they want to build everything from scratch. If you can use an AI service, there are a lot of big players, AWS, Microsoft, OpenAI, right? If you can use their service and make your business operations better, at the end of the day, you are using a model, but as a service. If that is a cost effective versus hiring a lot of geeks, implementing the models from scratch, then that is also a very important thing to consider. That's super valuable. Yeah, we got even more than one piece of advice. <laughs> but yeah, first of all, really appreciate it. It's definitely super helpful. And I specifically like the part that you mentioned. I 100% can relate to that problem in engineer first organizations that they're actually looking to build everything from scratch. Like it can be already built like 100 times by 100 different teams, but they still want to build it from scratch themselves. Kumar, again, really appreciate it. I specifically like the part you mentioned in the very beginning about the way company actually can approach the implementation of AI in their business where they first identify a list of problems and after that they actually create a list of sub-problems and connect them to possible AI or data analytics solutions. It was definitely amazing and the last piece of advice from your side was super valuable. Really appreciate it and thanks a lot for joining the podcast. Yeah, thank you very much. The Unleashing AI podcast is brought to you by Unleashing AI. To find out more about Unleashing AI and how innovative, custom-built AI can help your business, visit unleashing.ai. Also, make sure to search for Unleashing AI in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, or anywhere else podcasts are found. Make sure to click subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. On behalf of the team here at Unleashing AI, thank you for listening.